Welcome to Do A Blessing CNS Church London's podcast, sharing the good news weekly. We hope you are blessed by today's message. Our Father and God, I will thank you, we bless you. We thank you for what you do, we thank you for what you are about to do. We thank you for, for your grace upon our lives, we thank you for your presence. We thank you because it is you that is doing all these things. No man can do it, it is you alone. And to you be all glory, to you be all adoration. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. So it did not say 
he, what he's basically saying is that the way you judge people, don't be hypocritical about it. It did not say, when you say something that is wrong, don't say this is wrong. And this is, Jesus is not talking for the one who has a speck in his eyes. Because <laughs> another version will say sawdust. It is better for you to have a plank in your eyes than to have sawdust in your eyes. Because plank you can see. Sawdust you will not be able to see it. So it is actually there. But you can't see it. What you're saying now, take away one that is more visible to you. For sort out yourself. Your own is more visible to yourself. Sort it out so that when you are now judging somebody, you are judging them in a clear view. You see, at times, and that was what Jesus was talking about. Because when you go to verse 6, you will now see how Jesus spoke. Jesus said, do not give dogs what is sacred. Or, or, throw, or throw your parents to the pig. Said, if you give it to them, they will trample it under their feet and they will turn around and tear you into pieces. Basically, what he's saying is that when you say somebody is <laughs> Jesus talking, when you say somebody is behaving like a dog, when they don't value what you're about to say to them, don't bother saying it. Or else whatever you tell them, they will just they will just walk on walk on it and you know they will come back for you. Have you ever called somebody that somebody will say that you know it is you that you will eventually come back for? So Jesus said that, he said, they will trample it on their feet and turn back to you. <laughs> and you will not be the, the... If Jesus was not, but saying, don't judge people. That's not what he was saying. In fact, when you go to that same chapter 7, down, he now began to talk about, that's it, that we go to verse 15, he now began to talk about, he said, watch out for false prophets. He said they will come in sheep clothing and inwardly they are they are just um, ferocious, ferocious wolves. He said by their fruits you will recognize them. Do not you do not do people pick grapes from a um, a tombush or, 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 or a tombush or, or fig or figs from um, tissues. Likewise. Every good tree bears good uh, bears um, bears good fruit, but the bad tree. Let's let's go on, please. He now said, "Let's just go to the verse twenty. He said, "By their fruit you will recognize them." Please, how would you know them by their fruit if you are not judging? Say, ah, you know. See, that is how things have been happening in the body of Christ. People say, no, 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 you, you, you cannot be a judge. Jesus said, don't judge. That's not what Jesus said. We are saying, we are coming to this because when you begin to come to discernment, you have to judge. Discernment is differentiating between one thing and another. If you are not going to place a judgment on something, you, you will not be able to discern. Does that make sense? God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. So the Bible says, when we start off, we start with Proverbs chapter 14, verse 2, it said, There is a path that seems right to a man, but the end is the 
destruction. There is a path that will end, that people will think this is the right path. But the Bible says the end of it is destruction. And how come we are not able to discern, to say that you know, this path may not necessarily be right? I'm going to read one, one scripture to us. Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10 from verse um, Mark chapter 10 from verse, from, from verse 17. As we look at this scripture together, it says, that it says, as Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees and said, good teacher. He asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Verse 18, it says, why do you call me good? Jesus answered, no one is good except God alone. Let me, let's, let's now read the Bible and not read what we think he's saying. Jesus never said he's not good. He did not say I am not good. Only God is good. That's not what he said. He said, why? Basically, what he's saying is that what is the parameters by which you are judging what is good? He now said, no one is good except God. What he's saying, now, what he's saying is that the standard of good is by God's standard of what good is. That's why the question he asked was why. He did not. So when he said why, basically what why means that why are you reasoning that way? On what basis are you thinking? What is your judgment of what is good versus what is bad? So he said the only person that has the right judgment to determine good versus bad is God. And so, because at times people have read this scripture and said, you know, do you know that Jesus said in another scripture when he said that from a, a good man, out of the goodness of his heart, shall he bring forth good things. So Jesus was calling somebody good. So what he was saying here was not saying that, oh, no, 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 no. What he's saying that what you are calling good may not be in the sight of God good. So he's saying, no, 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 excuse me. The, the person that has the standard of who God, who good is, is God. And you will know how Jesus now exposed his standard. As you begin to read further to verse 19, the Bible says that, the Bible, the Bible says that, he says, Jesus now asked him. He said, do you know the, you, uh, you know the commandments? You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. You shall not defraud, honor your father and mother. The verse 20 says, Teacher, he declared, I have done all, I have, I, all these things I have kept since I was a boy. Now, Jesus now said to him, let's read of this. Jesus, Jesus now said, Jesus looked at him and he loved him 
And he said, one thing you lack, go and sell everything you have, give it to the poor, and you will, you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. It's troubled. Why? Because the definition of God, good by God, it, it became a flaw for him. It was good until a point. You know, he's been doing everything right, but there's a part that is still very, he's doing it as long as his own interest is protected. So, when everybody sees him, they say, ah, that man is good. But as far as God is concerned, there is still something that is protecting. You can see a philanthropist, which is good, a good thing, as an example. Most of all these multi-billionaires, they give a lot. Why? Because he helps their tax base. Most of them, mm -hmm. it helps that have the right of tax on it. But you see, say, ah, this man is good. And God is saying, no, he's not. Because your standard of good, that's what Jesus said, why do you call me good? He didn't say that I am not good. He said, what is your basis, your own definition of good? And as we, as we move even further, you don't see, when you, I'm not saying that there are some of them that are very genuine in their hearts, that they love a cause and they do, but a, a huge number of them, see, God will provide for you. Amen. When you get to some level, a counter will come and tell you that, do you have any charity, anybody there you want to help? Because the more they give, the more they can get tax benefit out of it. So, you know, so, but, but when you call a definition of good, as far as God is concerned, that's why Jesus was asking him, what is your own definition of good? Now, you see, at times, when we are coming to places of discernment, you would think, you know, most of us would think that, you know, Certain things are just basic. And yes, they are. But at times it takes, why would somebody, when you go to 1 Kings chapter 7, this is, this is um, uh, Solomon praying. Solomon in 1 Kings chapter 7, yeah, he said now, um, chapter 3 from verse 7, he says, now Lord, Lord my God, you have made your servant king in place of my father David. But I am a little child, and I do not know how to carry out my duties. Your servant is here among the people you have chosen, a great people too numerous to count or number. Let's read up. I highlighted a part as read in there just for us. He said, So give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people. To distinguish between right and wrong. Please, 
Can I ask a question genuinely? You don't have to answer. When was the last time you asked God, your prayer point on the day was God, teach me to differentiate between good and bad? But we believe that, you know, certain things are not certain things. This thing is basic. But when you read true scriptures, you would see many great men that God used. They would always ask God for wisdom to be able to differentiate between good and bad. Why? Because it is not as clear as what you think it is. This is very important. Even as you become more and more, as in your journey as you progress with God. Why? Because the devil will not tempt you with sleeping with her Lord, sleeping with uh, all these kind of things. You just think, no, it will be evil that is clouded in righteousness. You know? And when God begins to deal with you in that aspect, you know, I, I was in uni there, I was in, I was in, a, I was in a campus fellowship. So there was, there was a rat that entered the campus, um, so they, they, they had the fellowship. So we were, we were trying to kill it. Everybody was, all the execs, when I mean the pastors, in the, in the, we were all trying to kill it and things like that. So somebody stoned it and somebody killed it. And I saw it. So, I now wanted to go and take it and take it out. And God was saying to me, what is the business of that? Because everybody was waiting outside. So that you'll be the last one that will bring it. And I will say, ah, I'll buy you a skin. <laughs> See, okay, I'll give you another scenario. There was a day that somebody was in trance. And I was, and people were trying to hold that person. That person was just going. It's been a long time, so he's not here. He was in, in the previous site. So the person was in trance, and people were. No, I think was here. It had been a long time. The person was in trance, and they were asking the person to take the Bible. And the person was saying no, and then and this, and everybody was. So, and I walked up to that person, and I prayed in front of that person, and I, and that person, by God's grace, that person responded. God said, why did you go out there? To everybody, Pastor David, as far as God is concerned, he was asking, why, what is the basis of standing in front of people? Is it so that they can see that you can do? See, as you, as you get cruel, as you continue your journey with Christ, everybody will be saying, you are right. God is saying, no, you are very wrong. Because you are moving up to a standard when you are beginning to distinguish between good and evil. God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, one of the things is that as we, in Genesis chapter 2, from verse 16, we see here that the Bible talks about, you know, I just want to just quickly put us back to Genesis. The Bible says that, the, the Bible says, and God commanded man, you are free to eat or from any tree in the garden. So please note that there are, I, I, I can't, uh, but I know that there are over 
300,000 different kind of trees on earth. As a different species, when I told different types, they may be an apple of green, apple of red, apple of chicken, and to what I said, they are, they are different types. But so I remember that before we are using um, what's it called the issues around development and where some trees are actually going extinct and things like that. This was the time where everything was fresh. So you can imagine how many type of trees was there. And God said that you can eat from every one of them. But one, one you will not eat from. And this is one of the places where the devil tries to trick people. It is what you don't have that you would focus on. Every other thing that God has been doing. Because when the devil was about to take Eve, he made sure first he zeroed in to that one. Out of the hundred thousand, I said, you know, he said, as God referred you, you see, this tree now, he said, you should not eat. Rather, he said, no, 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 see, see the thousands and thousands of trees I can eat from. I cannot even finish eating from them in a day. Because David said, no, no, this one, this one. And that is how the devil deals with people at times. It will focus your mind straight to the issue. What issue? And every other thing that God has been doing. That is why David was able to find an answer to David. David will say, my shape that we will do not forget his benefits. Why? Because the devil wants you to forget all of that. You know, mm, yeah, God did that, but what, what, what about you? If he's so powerful, why has he not done this? Well, I see, you know, I thought you were going to about this. I thought that we just see that. But let's just go back to that. He said, he said, he said, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For if you eat from it, you will certainly die. So what was the issue about the knowledge of good and evil? Because that is when you begin to make judgment on your own. From that day, you have the ability to begin to make judgment on your own. And you, are, you, you come away from my own judgment level. You come to yours. It's as if I give my five-year-old child the car, to, uh, the car key. I say, you know what? You can take it now. The problem is that if they drive that car by themselves, it will only cause trouble than you. So, let's go on to chapter 3, please, quickly, to our side. The Bible says, now this is, um, the devil talk, he said, for God knows that when you hid from, from, um, from his, your hide will be open, and you would, you would be like God, knowing good and evil. Now, he said, then, then the woman saw that the fruit was good for food. Please, she's been passing it every single day. But the day the devil said, look at it again. Then what she was passing by now became attractive. What I'm trying to say is that from that day, the judgment of humans fell down because they now know, they, they are now becoming the determinant of good and bad. 
when they did not hit from that tree, it was what God told them was good and bad that mattered. Why did God say, when you hit from it, you will die? What he's saying is that you would... Can you please see how our judgment... I will give an example. I'm not saying it is bad, don't get me wrong. We talk about social media, for example. So whereby people get connected. And yet the rate of depression is going higher. So what we think is actually solving an issue, we discover that the more we try to build something, the deeper we go. Why? Because the day your judgment, you begin to pick judgment outside of God, it may look good, but the head is going down. You know, you know I, because, because it's important that we begin to understand what, what exactly is good. You see, there was a man that, that was a, a priest that wanted to conduct a funeral of a drug lord. So, the, 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 um, the drug, um, so one of the very senior mafia men came to meet the priest and said, when you are giving, um, when you're eulogizing or you are you're preaching at this funeral, you must say that our brother is a saint. Or else, things like that. So the priest now came on that day and started preaching. And he said, our brother here is truly a saint. He's a wonderful person. He's, he's pure. He said, when compared to his brother. <laughs> when compared to his brother. He's a saint. As long as the comparison is to this one sitting out here. What I'm trying to say is this. When he says something is good, compared to what? Compared to what? So you begin to see that the Bible later says that Adam, the Bible later says that Adam began. When you read um, Genesis chapter 5, um, chapter 5 and verse 3, the Bible says that the Bible says, when Adam lived 130 years, when Adam lived 130 years, the Bible says he had and it's quite interesting. The Bible says he had his own, he had a son in his own likeness. And after his own image, you see that there's trouble there. Because in Genesis 1, Adam was created in the image of God. So after Adam fell, the Bible replaced the image of God to say he now began to produce after his own likeness. No wonder David said that in seeing did my mother conceive me. Because, because the dimension had changed. The judgment had dropped. God grant us understanding in the name of Jesus Christ. That is why David was lamenting in Psalm 19 when he said, we say he asked the question. He said, Who can decide their own errors? Who would, how would a man be able to judge his own errors? How would a man be able to judge his own errors?
God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, this is the way the Bible expects, God expects me and you to be able to discern. You cannot discern as far as God is concerned accurately outside the scriptures. Hebrews chapter 5. The Bible says, in fact, though by this time you hold to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truth of God's word. All over again, you need milk and solid food. I said, anyone who lives, um, uh, anyone who lives on milk is being an infant and is not acquainted with the teachings um, about righteousness. But solid food is for, mature, is, is for the mature who by constant use so constant use of what? Constant use of the word of God can train themselves to begin to distinguish between good and bad. So that means that a Christian that is not practicing the word would not be able to distinguish between good and bad. And when they say to somebody that there was a prophet that they said that, you know, and see, it, it will sound funny, but it's not because, see, the more you come away from scriptures, you know, a prophet that was already around 60 or so, or so, and they, they saw a, a very senior prophet, they saw a vision for him that God said that one will go as in a glory will arise from within him. That will arise, that's what they said, it will arise from within you. So, about the age of 60 or 65 or whatever it is, now we're going to go and start looking for young girl to, 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 for your goal to now start. <laughs> what has God about to that then? See, I've explained this before. Prophetic gift or spiritual gift is like fire. But the scriptures is like the parable uh, now. You know, when you are using lantern, the scripture is what makes it beautiful and usable, and it doesn't burn you. So the 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 glass shade, I'm not believing. Yes, yes. I don't know what you want to call it. Right, it's a different shade. So you know. The, the, the shade is what protects it and makes it more usable. If you use the, if you leave the, the, the light uncovered, it could it could burn and destroy things. So also when you are see when I'll give you another example. Somebody says to you that um, your your parent is the one behind your downfall. Assuming that's true. How can the scriptures be used in that process? The Bible says, honor your father and mother. So that means that when you are dealing with them, you still honor them. And that also means that even if that prophecy was false, you would never offend your parents because you never disrespected them. 
But if you now apply it and start to chase things, you know, they call you, call their phone, you do this, you, you curse them, you, you, all those kind of things. But when it's not given within the context of the word, it becomes dangerous than helpful. Does this make sense to us? So, so what, what, that's why the Bible says, by the reason of, of the word, they can distinguish. When somebody says that, come and buy into an anointing, the reason why you want to buy into an anointing with money is because you have not read scriptures. In the Bible, it is Peter placed a curse on someone that was using to buy using to buy it. But yet, because the reason of constant use, you cannot differentiate what will generate cause from God. First of all, will generate blessing. Because as far as you are concerned, you are tapping into an anointing by giving them money. I'm not saying that, see, you can bless a man, don't get me wrong. But when you now say that, ah, you know, if you don't throw money at it now, Why I'm sharing this with us is so that you can distinguish between right and wrong. But it's just something that I don't know. The, you know it's because we, we are all learning. You know, somebody, somebody was, um, um, and, and it was really with a good heart. You know, people wanted to pray for for, uh, for the church and they got down to pray and things like that, you know, and they felt that, you know, okay, we should not tell the pastor because God told us no, not to, and things like that. We are all learning. You get what I'm trying to say? And when they went on that journey, it was difficult. They had a couple of issues, issues, attacks and things like that. So when they wanted to go on the thanks for God, and I said, no, go and speak to your pastor first. Because that is the way the Bible unveils it. Does this make sense to us? So please, for you not to fall victim for things, by the reason of constant use, you will be able to differentiate. Somebody gave me a prophecy about a certain thing about their life and things. I said, God told me this and this and this and this and things. And I was, and I respected that person. That person knows no. I, but I said to that person, you know, I, I have had you, but just leave me. Why? Because what they were saying was contradicting the scriptures in my mind. I didn't say that God did not speak to you, but I said, allow me and things together. And it took over a month or a month and a half. Before I came back up, I said, okay, so what you're saying makes sense to me now. I said, this is what I can see from scriptures. And we sat down and I went through scriptures with him. He said, ah, no, I now understand. Or it makes it clear to me. But when you say that, see, and this is this is the challenge because we have not raised ourselves such a way. Somebody says, "Go and do this," and you don't do it. You say, "No, ah, come on." Because see, what I, what I would say is this: if you implement something, if you do something, and it goes wrong, as long as it is it is you have the scriptural backing for it, God will honor His word, even if that thing went wrong. 
May God grant us understanding in the name of Jesus Christ. So the Bible says that, it says, it says, by the reason of use. Now, when we go back to that, let's just go on tonight in Psalm 19. Psalm 19, the Bible says, it says, the fear of the Lord is pure. It endures forever. I don't, I've shared this with us before. If you don't know how to fear God, you will not last with God. It says that, the Bible says, it is the fear of God that causes you to stand before him. It endures. It, is, it gives you the ability to stand with his, in his presence. It's interesting that Christians don't understand the And yet we see this story. You that is worshipping him. Fear him. So the Bible says, it says the decree of the Lord are firm. They are righteous altogether. It said they are not still describing the, the, the decrees, the laws of, laws of God. They are more precious than gold. They are precious than gold, much more than pure gold. Let's read on this. It said they are sweeter than honey than the honeycomb. By them your servant is warned. And in keeping them, what is it talking about? The, the word of God. There is a great word. He now said, if aside from this, how will you be able to discern your errors? How would you be able to discern your errors? What he's saying is that when he come before, he said, but how can, but what he's saying is that, see, the word of God is sure. But if you don't commit yourself to it, how are you going to be able to discern? When the man cannot discern scripture, that will be saying that God said that I should I should go and um, I should go and sleep with somebody. I've had it. <laughs> somebody went in trance, Oriuki, for days, and when they want to sokale because they they now. They, they now sleep with somebody else in order to transfer anointing. It is lack of understanding of scriptures. See, the only way you will be able to discern good versus bad as the body of Christ is going this way is your grounding in scriptures. I will say this also to us. One of the things I have, it has been in scriptures ever since, when something goes wrong, when something goes wrong, the devil is quick to quickly give you an alternative that seems right. And that alternative is what you pick. I will give you an example. There are genuine issues within the body of Christ. But the answer is not sitting at home. That is against scripture. I just want to see the way the devil is playing things, he's playing it in such a way. Do you know that maybe you, if you read church history, you discover that what we call issues now are, are play, play, play issues. Since 
Do you know that when the early church, when they were trying to cross Turkey and the Roman church and things like that, one of the issues there was about um, the garments that the Pope and these um, bishops wear. That was what caused division within the body of Christ in those days. So the now fighting about garments is not new. In those early days, they will tell you that they will tell you that before you get to heaven, no, when somebody dies, you, the amount you pay is what will determine the house they will get to in heaven. That was what brought about the reform. And you have this um, 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 uh, Martin Luther, not the, the politician, but Martin the, 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 the early, the early um, revolutionists that are things like that. That's when you begin to have all this break in the body of Christ. What I'm trying to say is that what you are seeing now is not new. In fact, in the, in the days of Paul, when you read Paul's writing, Paul will talk about people who are departed the faith, who are preaching pitch, rubbish. But yet Paul will say, do not commit, do not forsake the garden of the brethren. Why? Because even in the days of Jesus, the Pharisees that Jesus cursed, what did Jesus say to them? Jesus said, they sit on the seat of Moses, obey what they tell you, but don't follow their heart. And I'm talking about this generally. At most of the time, what the devil does, an issue will happen, and he will quickly bring an alternative for you to accept that that alternative is what he's saying. You will see it even in the days of Hadam, sorry, um, Abraham, when he gave back, when, 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 when they were getting hold and there was nowhere to get a child, the devil quickly brought an alternative before Isaac came. It has been his pattern. He will always supply an alternative for you that will make you feel that that is good. But yet, in the sight of God, that alternative is wrong. God will grant us understanding in the name of Jesus Christ. So you would see, as we, as we read on, we are at chapter 20, we're just talking about the need, the need to, um, the need to be able to, 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 to distinguish by as you give yourself over to the word of God. As you give yourself over to the word of God. Let's just go to Matthew, let's go to Matthew, uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3, sorry, 2 Timothy chapter 3. The Bible says, you have been taught the Holy Scriptures from your childhood. They have given you wisdom to receive salvation that comes from trusting Christ. So, when you give your life to Christ, it doesn't end there. The Bible says, all scriptures are inspired and is useful to teach us what is true. And to make us realize what is wrong in our own lives. And it corrects us when we are wrong. Teaches us to do what is right. God uses the scripture. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to, be, to do every good work. Only water so be 
That's why he says that. He says, he tells us what is wrong. That's why some of those hymns at times, though at times it's not all the time that we will dance. If you can just take time to just sit down and just read those hymns. And just read those hymns. They, are, they, they have very deep meanings into them. You know, and Jesus wonders about these things. In Matthew chapter 24, verse 24, he said, For false messiah and prophet will arise to perform great signs and wonders, and, and, wonders, and wonders so as to deceive. If possible, even God's chosen, even God, even God's chosen. He said, see, I have warned you about these things. I have warned you about these things ahead of time. So the word of God is, is, is important as we read, as we understand God's word. My Psalm 19, verse 18 to 19, David crying out to God, said, open my eyes that I may see the wondrous things in your, in your law. I am a stranger on earth. Hide not your commandments from me. Basically, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to go. But allow me. Help me. And one, one, the two scriptures we will just say, we will just hand is this. Aside from reading, you need the Holy Spirit to guide you in knowing the truth. The Bible says, the Bible says, in John chapter 16, verse 13, it said, But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. And he will not speak of his own. He will speak only of what he, he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. So when he says he will guide you, that means the Holy Spirit will be telling you. You will be guiding you through scriptures. You will be finding your way as he's guiding you. Because it's not everything that you need for that moment. And that is what he later said in Ezekiel chapter 36. He said, I will put my spirit in you so that you will follow my decrees and be careful to obey all my, all my regulations. Now, the question is this. We need to first of all understand, that's why he said there is no, he said, he said, he said all good and perfect gift comes from God. What the Bible is saying is that there is nothing good outside God. It may be good in the standards of men, but as far as God is concerned, it doesn't make sense. Matthew chapter 7, verse 22 to 23, the Bible says, the Bible says, many, and this scripture always, you know, it concerns me, that says, many. So, see, when you have one out of ten, it's not many. You know, when you take one thing out of ten, it's not many. When you take, um, when you take two out of ten, it's not many. But when you take, like, five out of ten, it is many. So, Jesus said, many will say to me, in that day, Lord, Lord. Now, when they say Lord, Lord, it is passion. They are sure about what they are talking about. He said, we are prophesied in your name. That is good. 
We cast out demons in your name. We have done many things in measure. We have done many wonders in your name. And I will declare to them, I never knew you. Don't uh, you who practice, Lord, that means you have turned it to an habit. That's why the Bible is practice. It's not that somebody made them. No, somebody that has it is it is a regular thing. Have you ever seen somebody that is, you know, you keep doing something that is wrong? Somebody will tell you, you say, you know, ah, you know, it's, it's, it's just one of those things. I was telling somebody, someone, I was saying, I was saying, see, one of the things that attracts God's judgment quickly is when you are now justifying a sin. God points you a sin to you, but you are now justifying it. And that is the greatest thing that I feel God is always offended about. When a man justifies his sin. Why are you doing this? Uh, when, when this person did this, what do you expect me to do? That is justification. Another thing that causes, bring somebody in the target of God quickly is when you are leading others into that same sin. That is what, see, early students were, were doing nonsense before. God was going to deal with them, but they fast forward their punishments. When they now came to the front of the temple, and started taking him, God said, okay. That's why Jesus cursed the, 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 the Pharisees. He said, you hold the key of wisdom. You will not enter, and you will not allow others to enter. May God grant us grace in the name of Jesus. All the summary of what we are saying is this. Distinguishing between good and evil is not as simple as what you think it is. The standard of good and bad is based on what God says from scripture is good and bad. Irrespective of how many opinions that says that, ah, this thing is correct as far as scripture is concerned. It is wrong. And the response to it is by giving ourselves and practicing the word of God. Then you begin to train yourself to be able to differentiate between good and bad. And by asking the Holy Spirit deliberately for help. And that's why I pointed out to us there because most of us, we don't pray those prayers. You can pray for any other thing, but when it comes to differentiate between good and bad, you think you know it. And as far as God is concerned, you don't. All that is good you know, that's why people will say, uh, that, that's where we are now. Ah, you know, you cannot, when, when, when somebody is not hurting another person, as soon as we are not hurting each other, we are showing love to one another, then you cannot, love is good, then God is in support of it. <laughs> definition of good, that's why I say, your definition of good is very different from God's definition of good. And you can only find his definition in his law, in, in, in his scriptures. 
At times we pick words out of scriptures. But the Bible, see, the only perfect dictionary for every word you are looking at attention for in the Bible is in the Bible. The day you begin to pick God's word and you begin to interpret it by the feelings of the world. Where, for example, when that talks about love. Love does not, um, you know, oh, love means that, no, the Bible says love speaks the truth. That is love. So, when you are wrong, by biblical, it is love telling to tell you that you are wrong. If you are on the path to hell, as far as the scriptures is concerned, love will say, excuse me, you are your way to hell. But people will say, see, God help us. Why do you think that Jesus was, why do you think the apostles were, were locked up? All this, because, and I'll hand it that way, the only reason why the apostles were locked up in those days was because they said there is no other way except Jesus. If you say that today, you are offending other people. May God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Just going to read this last scripture to us, and this last quote to us. It says, if you believe what you want to, if you believe what you like in the scriptures, and you reject what you do not like, it is not the gospel you have, you have believed, but yourself. And as we come to the place of prayer today, it's important that you don't serve a God you imagine, but the God for who He is. We are still facing the same challenge they faced in the days of Jesus. They had a perception of who God is, but when Jesus walked into the temple, they could not identify Him. One of the challenges we have is that Christians have a perception of who God is, which is different from the God displayed in scriptures. Somebody said, if God is love, why would he send people to hell? <laughs> the, the problem is that you have a picture of a God that is not existing. God sends people to hell because he loves them. Because if he loves you, he will respect your opinion, your decision. You've made a decision not to follow him. And out of love, he has honored your decision. That's what he's done. That's why he said, if you don't choose, we say, if, you, if they say no, just shake off your shoe and let them go. They've made a choice. So you can now not get to heaven and you expect God to kidnap you. Because if he takes you against your will into his place, it is kidnapping. <laughs> That's what it is. So say, ah, I, I respect you, my child. You have said you will not be with me. I want you to know one thing. What makes heaven heaven is one thing. God is there. When God leaves heaven, Heaven becomes hell. The Bible says there is no sun in heaven because God himself is the light in the place. So when people describe heaven, heaven is just one thing. It is because God is there. The day God leaves the place, that place you think is heaven, 
becomes hell. So when God says, if you, you will not, that's what Jesus was saying, that he said, you will come and we, you will do well with us. Because it is, people say that when I want to get to heaven, I'm going to hit. No, no, the only thing that is in heaven that you will see is God. Because he holds everything in that place. The reason why hell is darkness is because God is not there. He is peace. The reason why they are being tormented in hell is because the peace of God is not there. The reason why they are weeping is not because of it, it's because the God that is joy himself is absent. So as soon as you take away those figures away from, so those decisions away from a, a, a place, subtract them away, what is left? Hell. That's right. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon. Have a blessed week.